One of my favorite authors is a monk, and in one of his books, he tells the story of how one day he was riding in the subway, fully decked out in his monk attire. Long hooded robe, rope fastened around his waist, and prayer book in hand, minding his own business. When, in an incident which could only be described as friendly fire, a proselytizer came up to him, brochure in hand, and asked, Have you been saved? <laughs> well, no one had ever asked him this before, so he had to stop and think for a second. After a few moments of staring down at the floor, he looked up and responded, No, I am being saved. This evening, we're all gathered here together to celebrate the birth of the Savior of the world, the Savior who came among us to set us free from sin, the Savior who would destroy for us death, and the Savior who would usher in a kingdom of peace, a kingdom which would have no end. And tonight, even if just for a moment, we take in all that good news, it'll warm our hearts and it'll fill us with hope. But at some point, it'll wear off. We'll turn on the news and we'll see that there is absolutely no shortage of sin, certainly no shortage of death, and even worse, a growing list of places throughout the world where there simply is no peace. So this very evening, a question on our hearts might be, where is this Savior? Where is this kingdom of peace? In the beginning, when God was creating all things, God took a calculated risk. Option one was that he could have just created us to have no choice but to do God's will and to sing God's praises day in and day out. And for that, we could have been living this whole time in that paradise called Eden, enjoying the breeze and eating everything except that forbidden fruit. It would have been perfect except for one thing. It would have been missing love, because love is chosen by free will. So taking the biggest risk of all time, God went with option two. God chose to give us free will, not because God desired sin and death and war, but because God so wanted love, genuine love, chosen love, love of God and love of neighbor. And so at that very moment when God called all things into existence, the greatest love story ever told began, a love story between God and God's people, and the risk of love began.
Sure, it didn't take long for us to mess everything up, but our faith story tells us that in those moments when we stopped trying to rule the world and instead listened to God for a while, things always got better. Peace was restored, people flourished, and life was good. So in the fullness of time, perhaps the plan could be show the world a love so pure and so divine that it would make all things new, repairing our hearts, restoring our streets, and bringing peace to our nations. I had a friend who a few years ago had some complications while giving birth to her child. For the first few days of her daughter's life, that's all she could do was look at her through the glass window of the neonatal intensive care unit. More than anything in the world, that's all she wanted to do was hold her daughter and shower her with love like she couldn't believe. Her heart yearned to see those big round eyes look up at her hear that carefree laugh as she tickled her stomach, and have her heart melted as her daughter wrapped her tiny little fingers around one of hers. Those first few days were torture. A profound love, but a love unable to be fully expressed. Then she finally heard the words that she had been waiting to hear for so long. Would you like to go and hold your daughter? Imagine the power of that moment. Imagine the power of that love as yearning became reality. It was a love that had the power to set all things right, a love that removed her fear and anxiety, a love that filled her heart with joy and hope. That's the love that came down from heaven this night. A God who could no longer bear to just watch from heaven above, but a God who instead needed to participate in our lives holding our hands, opening our eyes, sanctifying you and I with a love so divine. Sure, we'd even mess that one up too, nailing God to a tree, but imagine what that says about how much hope God has for us. If I could come down and heal but one leper, if I could become incarnate and make but one person see, perhaps they'd finally believe. It really is love that will set us free. Once again, for God, love was worth taking the risk. So the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Ours is not a story of a people loved 
by their God 2,000 years ago. Ours is a story of a God who is loving us today, right now. We are not saved by an event 2,000 years ago, an event that stripped us of our free will. We are being saved, being saved by love. It's not the quickest way. It's not even the cleanest way. But love is the only way. It changes us. It changes the world. And it's always worth the risk. So take the risk. The risk of love. You never know how it'll change the world.